0: You're listening to the Knowing Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Linnell Peters, and it's an honor to walk alongside you in motherhood, whether the journey is just beginning or you're right in the thick of it. I believe that your worth as a mother is not based on your performance and that your greatest strength is the love that you have for your children, whether they're in your arms or only in your heart. My prayer is that this little corner of the podcast world will leave you feeling more equipped, more hopeful, and less alone than when you arrived. Hey friends, welcome to episode number 40 of the Knowing Motherhood podcast. Um, I'm really excited to to tell you that we have a three-part series, a new three-part series that starts today called The Thriving Home. And I'm really excited to introduce you to this first episode. If you have meticulously organized drawers, um, if you love pouring hours per week into deep cleaning your house, um, maybe you have a home for every item in your household, well, this episode may not be for you. It might be for a friend, maybe not you. I'm just kidding. But if you're tired of growing piles in your home, you're getting frustrated with every new mess, avoiding the mess in your home maybe, or you just want to create better habits for decluttering your home. This Snowing Motherhood episode is for you. So this week, I am so happy to have Lisa Lazad of the Habits and Home Show on to discuss all the things related to creating good habits in the household. Um, More specifically, we touch on the real-life day-to-day struggles that many of us wrestle with regarding maintaining a clean and functional home. And we talk about some of the deeper issues that May need to be addressed in order for us to see those changes occur Lisa offers a mix of biblical truth and practical advice for all women and she shares from her personal experience the benefits of creating a simplified home for those of us with more Neurodiverse brains if you will which I really appreciate so friends grab a coffee or tea whatever you drink, uh, when you're getting cozy, and get ready to take some notes. Here is my conversation with Lisa Lizotte. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to Knowing Motherhood. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this is a conversation I've been wanting to have um, for a long time on the podcast. I'm very excited about this, and I, I just think that this is a topic that is needing to be talked about more than we realize because in today's culture, I think we're so overwhelmed by the amount of materialism, the you need this, you need that, all these things, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah. And so um, I'm just excited to dive in, but could you share a little bit um, with us about yourself and uh, your family and and just what your unregular day uh, week looks like for you?
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I love the mission behind your podcast and I love the mission behind your series of episodes that you are putting out. Um, it's my, my calling, um, to minister to women, to minister to moms and to help them as I have been helped through this process. And I've actually, I have a podcast myself and I recently pivoted to, to minister to Christian moms. And if you listen to the beginning of it, it talks about helping moms finally experience peace. Because what I've noticed is that we can talk about it and we can say it and we can, but if we're not truly experiencing it, then it, it, it it's not putting into practice. And I really feel like, um, God wants us to be saved in our daily life and not just for the future. (laughs) And so I I have learned that you know, through this process of weeding out and everything that we can truly get our homes to where we can experience that peace. So that is I am first and foremost a Christian and I am so thankful that um the Lord saved me when he did because um otherwise I don't know where my life would be. And um I was thirteen when he got a hold of my life. I was not raised in a Christian home. Um there it somewhat had some structure but it was very very um traumatic childhood um my father was an alcoholic and you never knew what you were going to get any every day um mm. i it was just it was very very difficult and i look back and i'm like lord how did i that it just doesn't feel like my life it doesn't feel like because i've cha- things have pivoted and changed so much since my childhood so all of that makes me who I am, and I am so thankful. I, I I'm thankful for everything that I've experienced, all the life lessons. I am now 40 years old. I just recently turned 40 and all my 40 years have shaped me and molded me, just like the clay that the Lord talks about in in the Bible, um, to be who I am today. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all of those experiences. So Mm. that's somewhat, I'm going to share more of my story later, but I am married to my high school sweetheart. We met when we were 16 and I actually got to share the Lord with him and he came to my youth group, he joined a band, that influence of being in the band really helped to shape his faith and help him just grow stronger in his faith. And so we've been ma- married for 18 years. We have three kids. I have a 14 year old daughter and two sons, two rowdy boys <laughs> that are 12 <laughs> and 10. So I have 14, 12 and 10 year olds. So I feel like I'm in the m- the middle of motherhood. Mm-hmm. And I, a little bit of background about me right out of high school I went to school to be a teacher I got my teaching degree I taught for only 4 years before I had my first baby and decided that that was that was what I was what I wanted to do I didn't want to miss out on the best hours of her day I wanted to witness it all soak it all in so we had to make some some financial sacrifices during that time it was really really hard and so I've been home ever since. And then I never, never wanted to, but I felt the Lord leading me to homeschool. And so with tremor, fear and trembling, I approached my husband and said, I feel like the Lord is leading us me to homeschool. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, no, you're supposed to like close that door. <laughs> And so it's it, after ten years we've been homeschooling, and now just this year my kids are going to a beautiful, sweet little private school that's close to our home. And so there's been a lot of a lot of new experiences and a lot of changes. But um, now what fills up my day is doing exactly what I'm doing right now podcasting helping other moms coaching I also have an accountability group online where I help moms declutter and sort through their homes and create systems wow so
0: you you trans you did
1: homeschooling and then you actually Uh, transitioned your kids back into private school, which is so neat. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I came across, um, there's a lot of influences out there. We talked about that earlier, but just so much influence. And there's a lot of people out there really on this, this, you know, platform of, of encouraging people to homeschool. And yes, I'm so glad. And I didn't have those influences back then, but it's been such a sweet transition of I thought that most people or I even thought myself that okay I'll send them to school when they're little because that's safe and then I'll pull them out and homeschool them or you know do some other but it it was actually I love the way we did it we we homeschooled first laid a really good foundation in family unit
0: mm-hmm. and now
1: they're going to school and their 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 faith is just so strong and I love that it's I, I I it makes me just in awe of I mean it, now everybody has their own their own path but I'm so thankful that the lord led us to do it that way mm-hmm.
0: yeah that is really neat and it's it's such a gift to see your children thriving where they're yeah. at right yeah. um, that is a huge gift um I'm wondering if you can aj- just share a little bit more about um you kind of hinted at this what what uh, situation in your life led you to start or to grow in this desire to create order and healthy yeah. habits within the, within the home um, yeah. and, and to start helping other women to learn and grow in this area
1: as well? Oh, such a great question. So I remember when I was, had little ones and I desired so much to have a mentor. I, because my mother was not in good health. She actually had Parkinson's. My, my father was an alcoholic. My mother ended up having Parkinson's three months after I had my first child. She was admitted into a nursing home and she lived there for four and a half years before she passed. So the entire time of me starting motherhood, I didn't have my mom. Um, we were, we were pastors at the time and I don't know if people think just pastor's wives have it all together and they don't need help, but I needed help. I, I didn't know what I was doing. And I so desired for that Titus two woman to come alongside of me and take me under her wing and say, "I'll, I'll show you what to do. I'll help you. And I desired that so much. So I, as I've grown and matured, I have remembered that and I've like, I've wanted to be that person for people. And so that's a lot of what drives me to do what I do. But let me back up a little bit and just share where this really pivoted is when my kids, it was 2013, I was pregnant with my third child and my father ended up passing away about four weeks before I had my son and my mother was in a nursing home father had passed away. And I was forced to go, not really forced, but I was, you know, it was my responsibility to go into their home and sort through things and to figure out where all the important things were. And to, I didn't have passwords for computers. We never got into his computer. I had to look for life insurance policies and claims. And it was a wreck. It was a wreck and I had to make decisions for their sentimental things and what to hang on to. And I just remember opening the front door and just throwing things, throwing things. Thankfully, my older brother was there, but I was I was eight months pregnant doing this, mm. throwing things uh. out the door. And I just remember thinking, wow, none of this matters. All the stuff in their house, I'm just throwing out the door. None of it really matters, but yet they held on to it and they didn't have their... They didn't have their life prepared in case anything were to happen to them. Mm. I had already been struggling with managing stuff, managing lots of kids stuff. And I called it, I called it their droppings, like their little droppings all over the house. They just drop toys, drop plates, drop things Mm. all over. And so when I got to this moment of realization with losing my parents and having to deal with their stuff, that is when it clicked for me. It was this, this. Point in time where I decided, and we talked about this earlier, when people decide they've had enough, enough is enough. I want to make change. Mm-hmm. That is what the pivotal moment was for me. And I start. I didn't even know about minimalism. I didn't even know that it was a thing. I just started getting rid of stuff. I started thinking, okay, if this doesn't serve me from my in my day to day life, I don't need it. I'm not going to do it. And um, I remember. Um, going through the process, I had this you know those long dressers that have like lots of drawers and has a mirror and then you have the your husband has the the what is it called? The um chest of drawers, like you have your bedroom suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well I had a nine drawer dresser and I remember challenging myself, Okay, Lisa, you have nine drawers. Let's see if you can live with just six drawers okay so then i would Mm. i would declutter and minimize i'm like okay i I got my clothes down to six drawers okay lisa now you've done that let's see if you can get it down to three drawers and so it was it was just this like daily weeding out of things that you know taking it a little step further Uh, one more thing that i want to mention during this time or shortly after this time i also went on my first mission trip to to um i went one to cuba but my first mission trip was to guatemala and we went into we while we were there we were we were asked to build these tiny sheds for these people to live in to live in we would pop them up in a day and these people would move in with just barely anything and it made me realize wow I don't really need that much to live I. I don't need. I need a roof over my head. I need a couple of necessities, but to really live, I don't need that much. So when I came home after seeing that, you know, when we delivered water filters and we fed, you know, children at a feeding center, that was a, a life-changing experience. I came home and I was looking at my huge 2,000 square foot house full of just lots of stuff, and I I remember thinking, Wow, I can fit like 15 families in here to sleep at night wow, what am I, what am I using this space for, you know? And it really made me realize how little I really need to be happy to survive. And so all of those, all of those little moments, first of all, being frustrated, having to keep up with all the kids stuff, then experiencing the loss of my parents and realizing I want to be prepared. I I don't want to be scared or nervous or anything, but I just want to live a life of preparation. And then after going on that mission trip and seeing, wow, I really don't need that much to survive, or I really don't need that much to be happy. All of those tiny moments led me to, you know, being more minimal and minimizing how much that I'm, I'm managing on a daily basis.
0: Right. Yeah. It's incredible to me because as you're talking I'm thinking about the areas of my life where I have created bad habits simply by hanging on to things for too long whether it's for a sentimental reason or something else and I've been considering this a lot more lately you know what my overwhelm with clutter where's that coming from and how do i you know create good habits Mm -hmm. that are going to benefit not only my own mental health emotional health spiritual health but also my family Mm -hmm. because i think we start to recognize within ourselves where there's issues that we just we haven't really paid attention to before but You know this is a part of growing um and developing as people and Mm -hmm. as women um but i think that when we talk about the topic of habits it's important to consider that word and in what it actually means as Mm -hmm. a starting point can you give a definition of the word habit and talk a little bit about yeah you know, are there just good and bad habits or are there any habits that are neutral or is it, is it just one or the other?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love what you're, what you're asking. And um, I, I would have to say, okay, before the habits came in, before I learned the habits or before habits were even on my radar, that's actually probably only developed in the last three years. And my strive for minimalism or I don't, I don't even like the, the definition of minimalism because it's just or the world's view of minimalism because it just it doesn't paint the picture of what's personal to you and um, I like to use the word mindful minimalism just you are mindful of what you are allowing and keeping in your life knowing that you have a certain capacity for what you're personally able to handle and that you are intentionally choosing to keep your that that amount of stuff within those that boundary but within your 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 own capacity. So before the habits ever came place, it was or came into practice, it was this weeding out so that I could finally live within my own capacity. And that's something that I teach on my podcast and and my students is before we can put the habits into practice, we have to be able to make space for those habits to actually, have room in our, in our lives. Um, if our, if our mind is cluttered, we can't, we can't possibly take on one more thing thinking, Oh, I need to create some good habits when we don't have space to even create anything new. Okay. So it, Mm. it takes a lot of just making space, making physical space, making mental space, And then we can create these new good habits. So as far as the definition of a habit, I I define a habit as being something that's automatic. It's just, it's a part of who you are. And um, James Clear in his book, um, Atomic Habits, he talks about identity a lot. And that resonated so much with me is that if you want a habit to really take root, you need to identify with who you are who you are in in doing that habit so if I identify as a tidy organized person then the habits that I have are going to reflect that identity if I identify as a hoarder then my space my habits are going to reflect my identity um, if I identify as a Christian then my habits and my, my behaviors are going to reflect my identity as a Christian. So it all goes back to identity. And I feel like when you want to create new habits or you want to make a change, it starts with changing your identity. Not when I say change identity, I don't mean like go and get a new <laughs> birth certificate or anything like that, but just how you see yourself. It comes back to mind. Mm. It comes back to mindset. It comes back that, to that, like, deep inner desire to change, to be someone different. And, um, so as far as like defining habits, they're just, they're just thing routines and, and simple, uh, processes that come automatically to us. Hmm.
0: It's so interesting when you think about how these habits form so naturally over time. And, it's just really it's it's interesting so that's why I asked that question because we want to kind of get a foundation for this as we talk about Mm -hmm. um, creating new and good habits um, in our home Um, can you talk a little bit about how these a little bit more about how the habits um, that we currently have Mm -hmm. are going to affect the condition of our overall home life and our families, uh, whether they're good or bad, and just um, the implications of um, these the the negative habits and and what that can look like more specifically.
1: Yeah. So as far as like defining like good habits, bad habits, um, neutral habits, it's all a matter of of kind of like your perspective of what's good, what's bad. Um, Anything that is for your good, you would probably count it as a good habit. Eating fruit because you know it's going to improve your health or it's going to be a healthy option, then that's a good habit. Um, A habit of procrastinating, well, it's going to have a negative effect. So that's as far as like the good and the bad things that move you forward towards where you want to be, we're going to consider good. And the things that keep you stagnant or hold you back or, you know, make you decrease in what you're really wanting to achieve is what, what we would consider bad habits. And so mm. neutral habits, I, habits can be, be somewhat neutral if they're keeping you in the same position however I might consider those to be good because yes, if yes. I'm if I'm not going backwards then I'm I'm okay with that <laughs>
0: yes absolutely yeah absolutely. So are even as, either benefiting you or they're not
1: exactly exactly yeah. so as far as the habits how they affect our the condition of our home I mean if I think a lot of us just have a lot of mindless living. We're doing a lot of mindless living. We're Mm -hmm. scrolling on our phones mindlessly. Okay. So how is that going to affect us? It's going to make us lazy and our laziness is going to bleed into not getting things accomplished around our house. I actually did a podcast episode on that recently on laziness and the cure for laziness. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, it, everything's going to have an effect as far as like our habits, whether if we, if we know the good habits it's going to have a positive effect on, on our home if we have obviously bad habits. If we have like the habit of of I'm trying to think. My my boys have this quote unquote bad habit of taking clothes off and just leaving them on the floor. I mean their their room is so minimal, but they have not accomplished that good habit of picking their clothes up and folding them back up and putting them in the drawer. If <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's probably the the next area that we need to focus on. We've got dishes down pat. I'm telling you, I, I'm going to brag on this y'all. I have been, (laughs) I have been working on my kids for like three years. We, we moved into this house in 2018. It's an old farmhouse and my mom never had a dishwasher. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like, okay, we can just take care of these dishes a lot faster than using. I'm not against it, but for me, I'm choosing not to use it. And so I, 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 when I wanted my kids, they were big enough. After I came back from Guatemala and saw those little kids carrying their brothers and sisters on their back miles to go feed them at a feeding center, I knew my little kids can do a lot more. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yes. I, I came back and I'm like, y'all are, y'all are, I'm putting you to work. And so I try to focus on just one, not just one thing at a time, but I really wanted to hone in on like some really good habits. And so the dish habit, I just, I made it simple. I made the system simple. And I tell them over and over and over, wash, dry, put away, wash, dry, put away. And you know what guys, my boys are 12 and 10 years old and my daughter, you know, she's 14, but they are doing it They're And I sit back and I stand there at the sink or at the counter and I watch it happen. And I'm, Mm. it's like the proudest mom moment (laughs) ever. Oh, I know (laughs) what you're talking
0: about. Oh yeah. 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 And
1: they, they literally wash it. They dry it and they put it away in the cabinet and it's a beautiful thing. And so what I, you know, so I'm going to take this, this, you know, strategy or this breaking it down, breaking it into tiny steps of now. Okay. I see that I don't, this is a, I'm not satisfied with them throwing their clothes on the floor. Okay. So now that's something new that I need to hone in on. I need to pay more Mm -hmm. attention to until it becomes automatic and it becomes a habit. So. Mm As far as like our habits for like collecting, we have a habit of just collecting, of just seeing something mm-hmm. cheap and just having this mindset, oh, it's cheap. I should own it. No, somebody else should own it. <laughs> and so this yeah. this habit of holding on to things. I I have an accountability group and um one of the comments uh recently or just this morning, uh she said something like just because it's good doesn't mean I have to hang on to it. And I was like, yes, you've already gotten the goody out of it. You've you've had it for years or you've had it for months. You've gotten the goody out of it. It's still a good thing, but it's a good thing for somebody else. It doesn't right. have to. Yeah. And, I, and something else that I've um, been telling my kids for years is too much of a good thing is no longer a good thing. Too much candy is no longer a good thing. It's good, but too much of it's not good. Too Mm -hmm. much TV, it's good, but too much of it's not good. So this also applies to our physical stuff. Yeah, that's right.
0: Hey, mamas, if you are loving this episode, please take a second to subscribe to Knowing Motherhood so you don't miss future episodes like the rich conversation that I'm having with Lisa today. The podcast world is booming compared to when Knowing Motherhood launched four years ago, and finding solid life-giving content can be challenging. So please consider blessing a friend with this episode today, and at the same time, you're going to be blessing us and helping us to reach more listeners, more mothers who need this kind of support. Friend, just know that I am so grateful that you are here listening in today. So I'm going to be real, Lisa, and I'm going to share with you where I struggle um, a little bit. Um, I have become really aware um, over the last, probably the last few years now, that when there is um, there are projects that I'm putting off regarding decluttering, um, it really affects my patience with the rest of the family with mess.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I've started noticing this um, and I've started noticing that I'm, uh, I struggle to um, just have that clarity and that peace of mind, but, and, but I'm avoiding, like i notice mm-hmm. noticed these patterns of avoiding that big task because of the decision making that's involved in it. In your coaching with other women how common is are some of these things
1: oh very very common and it's so funny we're touching on so many topics that i recently did podcast episodes on um talking about being a patient parent and how a minimalist lifestyle and decluttering all those things that are around us actually provides us with the capacity to be more patient with our kids. And so when it comes to, I had somebody ask me this just yesterday on our group call is they were watching me because we were doing a live decluttering session and I was decluttering my kids, uh, my boys closet and they were decluttering. And one of the guests, um, one of my students came on and she said, you seem to get rid of things really easily and and decide really, really quickly. How do you do that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what, and I, and unfortunately on the call, I gave her like, I just talked way too much. And afterwards I got to thinking about it and it, it comes back to our why it comes back to that that decision of why we're doing this. And mm. you really have to know your why. You really have to know why am I doing this? Why am I taking the effort? Why am I making the effort to, to get rid of stuff that, and for me, I, I know that I have a capacity. I have a, a limited amount of things that I can do. And when I start getting frustrated in my home with my kids and it's probably because my my environment my environment is not supporting me, and it's it's having this negative effect on me because things aren't clear. I am lacking clarity. I'm lacking just flow. This we we do need a natural like a an easy flow in our life. And when we keep coming in contact with um, obstacle after obstacle, we have like literal physical obstacles in our home. And can you just imagine? the, the impact that that is happening, what that is, ha- that, that's happening to us. Like think about you're going, you're going on a road trip and you, you come to a roadblock and you're like, oh, I got to go around this. And then you have to take, make a detour and you got to go around this. It takes a long time to get from point A to point B and it causes frustration. You're tired, you're overwhelmed. Those things that we have in our home, laying around, un unmade decisions, basically decisions left undone of stuff that we aren't making decisions for to, to get rid of them or we're just moving them around and we're having, they're basically stumbling blocks in our way that we're tripping over and it it, yeah. it has a negative effect on us. And right. so, um, it really comes back to you, to your why. And every time that I declutter, I think, okay, this is my why, because I know, this is supporting me i know that i am a better mom i'm a more patient mom i feel free i feel light i want to be i want to feel free and light i don't how many of us say we're busy or we have too much pressure or we just feel just weighed down this this very practice of decluttering lets me lighten that load and so and that's what i call it i call it a practice You're just working out that decluttering muscle over and over and over. And the the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it.
0: Yes, yes. I have uh, one friend who is – she's absolutely – she'll probably listen to this. But she's so good at – declutter, like getting things out of her house, like if it's something that she doesn't see herself using, she's like, do you want this? And I'll be, I'll be like, sure. And she's like walking it over to my house in a second, you know, um, she's really quick. To get rid of things. Uh, I I don't see in her um, an attachment to things in that way. Mm -hmm. Whereas I am the type of person that's like, oh, but I might have use for this one Mm -hmm. day. I have always been like that. I don't want to, I hate um, wasting. So there's like a good component to it. And then there's a negative side to that, right?
1: Can I speak on that just a moment? Yes, please do. Speaking on the, I might need this one day, or I might could use this one day. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of us may Mainly on this this podcast are faith based, and how how are we not trusting? How are we not trusting mm-hmm. that the Lord is going to provide that when we need it? We, yeah. You know, what did He tell the Israelites when they they left and they were in the wilderness? What did He what did He provide daily for them? He provided for their daily bread. Mm-hmm. He didn't say. And and when they stored up for two days, it went it it rotted. And so those things actually do weigh us down. We think, oh, we're doing a good thing by storing it up and saving it for later. There, there are some things and we have to be very strategic and very mindful about being prepared for the future. Yes, there are some things, but not everything, not, we don't have to hang on to everything for just in case. And it Mm -hmm. just goes back to trust. It goes back to trusting that when you need it, that the Lord is going to provide it in some way. And he might provide it in you putting a, a post on Facebook and saying, "Hey, does anybody have this?" And mm-hmm. most of the time, people are like, "Yes, let me get rid of it." <laughs> but we just live in a world where things are are not easy to get a hold of, mm-hmm. or they're not difficult to get a hold of. We they're can not difficult, yeah. they're not difficult. And so, why why are we holding on to things? Something yeah. else. Let me just say this, and then we can move on. Um, I I told a client one time when she was saying this very same thing. She's like, "But I might need it." I said, "Well, let's use the store as your your, you know, your your warehouse. Let's just use the store as your storage unit. Just pretend like the store down the road, the Walmart or whatever store you have, the Target. Let's just pretend that they're just holding it for you until you really need it. And then when you mm. when you need it, you can just go get it, right?" And she's like, that's a good way of thinking about that. <laughs> so the things that we need, we don't always have to have on hand right that second. Right.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. It makes me think about the mindset that we, mm-hmm. um, develop and and, the, and just kind of the ankle, right. And you, you were talking about identity. I love that. Um, Um, I want to, sometimes when we're listening to, so you and I both obviously are uh, podcast hosts, but we also, I mean, I know for me, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I have for a long time. And sometimes when I'm listening to something like this, like a very practical um, topic, Mm -hmm. um, I want to hear... Questions like really specific questions about specific things that might pertain to my own situation. So I'm going to give you something here
1: okay. uh, to
0: talk on um, in regards to this close topic because, like the clothing. So recently, I went into my walk-in closet and I took the pictures, the before and after, and everything. Um, and I pulled everything out, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I'd been putting this project off for quite a while but I've been wanting to do it for mm-hmm. a long time but it was overwhelming so it was one of those things where I was like just putting it off putting it off but I mean I had a bathing suit in there from our honeymoon 15 years ago
1: <laughs> like mm-hmm.
0: an itsy bitsy bikini I would never <laughs> ever wear now <laughs> yeah And but I was like, you know, but you we justify these things. And it's just sitting in my little drawer with my other bathing suits. It's Mm -hmm. not a big deal that it's there. But you're always thinking, but it's useless. I'm never going to wear it again. Yeah. And so it affects the mind so much because you know that it doesn't have a place in your home anymore. Mm-hmm. So I do the project. I'm sending pictures to friends for accountability and I'm going I am this is crazy. Like I have enough clothing for for 10 women here. This is absolutely insane. And so I'm sending out these pictures and I'm I'm going over and I'm asking the Lord just to give me direction with it too. And in my heart of hearts, if I'm being honest, I'm recognizing that, I yes, I am an impulse shopper with the good deals, with the good <laughs> deals, right? Yeah. Not like a am uh, like, um, not the, even the materialism part of it, but more so the like, oh, but it's such a good deal, right? Yeah. And then buying something when I don't really need to. Right. So I'm looking and I'm assessing and I'm going over it. I managed to literally pull probably... of the clothes out, and I still have an incredibly huge wardrobe (laughs) left over, right? Mm -hmm. So this is embarrassing, and I'm just trying to be real with the friends that I was, you know, chatting with. But now, here's where I'm at. And again, I'm being so honest for the listener's sake, (laughs) (laughs) because I don't like admitting this, but I have had the massive pile of clothes that I pulled out of my closet that have there's new stuff in there that's too small for me I've had some weight gain in the last few years and a little bit and so you know there's that component oh but I'm really working to get back into those clothes right Mm -hmm. that's one thing so I'm hanging on to them for that and then there's um oh this is brand new I could sell this (laughs) and get some money back for it Mm -hmm. um and, and, and those kinds of things. So I've got this big pile sitting. It has seriously been sitting there for a couple of weeks. It's out of the way. It's not, you know, a, an unsightly situation. But I am now overwhelmed by having to tackle that massive pile of clothes. Mm-hmm. And the money, the, the, those two things that I mentioned seem to be the issues. Like if I'm being really honest, it's like, oh, but I should try to sell a few of these things and you know recoup a little bit of money from the things that are brand new. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know where I'm going with this, right? It's yeah. like the, the, mindset the mindset is like constantly trying to decide what to do with it all, how to mm-hmm. deal with it. And then you're going, oh, I could just bag it all up and give it to someone, <laughs> right?
1: And if I was in your home doing this for you, that's exactly what I would do. <laughs>
0: (laughs) you would okay okay so elaborate just just be totally honest with me I can take it
1: so there there's a time for everything right there's a time to give a specific item to a friend there's a time to list it on Facebook marketplace there's a time to have a yard sale there's a time there's a time for all of these but we also have to consider the worth and the value of our time like Mm -hmm. our time. like you have to Am I willing to exchange the time it's going to take me to sort through these things and to figure out where I want to take them, who I want to give them to, how I want to sell them, how much I want to sell them for. And then I have to meet meet up with that person to give it to them. Mm -hmm. We have to Mm -hmm. consider all of that takes time. And what is the value of our time? My time, because I, I mean, let's just say I live a hundred years. I only have 60 more years. It is so valuable to me. It is so valuable. And I think the older that you get, the more you realize how precious time is. And I, do I really want to be spending my time doing that? Or do I want to be spending my time reading a fiction novel that I I really want to get into? Or do I want to go out in my garden? Or, you know, it, it comes down to, do we really want to spend our time doing that? Now I have a, I have a person that I decluttered for in person and she, at, at this stage in her life, she really loves doing yard sales. And so when I decluttered for her, I did not pack it all up and take it with me like I typically do for most of my in-person clients. She wanted to keep it, and she wanted to go through the process of having a yard sale, and that's completely fine. And she, did she sell it all? No, Is some of it did some of it come back in her house? Absolutely, and so now she's dealing with all of that again. I feel like you get to the point where you've said enough is enough. I'm not letting this have a a stronghold over me. I'm Mm -hmm. not letting this win. I am going to win and I'm going to just let go. And I'm going to trust that when I do lose the weight, that the Lord is going to provide me some extra money to be able to do that because I've worked hard and I don't want to wear those clothes that were 10 years (laughs) old. (laughs) So it really comes back to Um, the, your level of desperation, how desperate are you to make a a change very quickly? Like I want to make a change fast. So yesterday when I decluttered my boy's closet, all of their stuff that I decluttered is in the back of my car right now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to see any of that stuff. The more that I hold onto it and sit there and look at it, the more it's gonna. bleed back into my life and into my home and the point that the time that I made the decision to let it go I'm done with it after that point so you also have to consider because we are faith-based is are we being good stewards of what God has gifted us with Mm -hmm. are we really you you know these are clothes the purpose of them is for them to clothe their body are we really being good stewards of them and using them the way that they're intended for are we just hoarding them because we have this insecurity that we don't feel like oh we're going to have enough clothes. <laughs> really yeah. do we not do we not feel like we're going to be clothed? Um yes. you know even yes yes yeah. Even the Bible talks about um he ta- he takes care of the birds of the air. How much more is mm-hmm. he going to take care of us? He clothes them. Won't well, he clothe yes. us? So as far as like you know getting them out and making that decision it really comes down to a matter of like what are you willing to, to give up? Are you willing to give up more time thinking over this, pondering yes. it? You know, yeah. I'm not. I am not, and I'm going to win over it, and I'm going to bag it up, put it in my car, and bless somebody else with it. Right.
0: Okay, so <laughs> I was not planning on this being a therapy session for myself, <laughs> um, because you know. But but the thing is that I do really believe in the power of vulnerability. So Absolutely. I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go, go with this. Bring it, bring it on. Um, because as you're talking, I am writing little notes down, and I'm 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 gonna say that I feel like the Holy Spirit is bringing in awareness to my heart right now yeah. so here's something I wrote down I just wrote down is fear of wasting a real thing mm. or or is it something else um because I I totally agree with you and I, I I really believe it's true that we can hang on to things for fear that we may right that it may not be provided to us and we need to hold on to it and I don't know if for me that's always the case I I feel like sometimes there's a mindset of like, I feel like I'm wasting or I'm throwing away something, um, and that, that it's wrong to do that.
1: Where do you Mm. think that could come from? I, something came to mind automatically and I've, I've talked about this on my podcast before. Um, okay. Have you ever taken a trip, a vacation, maybe to Disney world or, you know, just, just a trip in general where you spent some money on it, right? Have you ever Mm. done that? Nope, never been there, but no. You've <laughs> a never, trip anywhere. Y- you've never taken a trip anywhere? No, I have. I've okay. <laughs> taken many. I
0: used, did you say Disney World? And then well, I was some, like, no, I haven't. Somewhere <laughs>
1: like Disney World. <laughs> right, but yes. We we put this value. Okay, so we spent money on that trip. And, you know, sometimes we might come home with trinkets. But we spend money on the trip. But typically, we just come home with the memories of the trip, right? Right. Right, okay. So why can't we why can't we put that same association with the stuff, like the physical stuff that we have and say, oh, it was an experience. Having that thing in my life for like, say five years was an experience that I paid for. We don't necessarily have to have the thing anymore, but we can have the experience of having the thing and it not being a waste. When we go on a trip, and we spend, say, $100 per ticket. Okay, we just went to a Braves game. Um, five tickets, almost $500. It was an experience. We didn't come home with anything other than the memories from it. Right. W- would I count that $500 as a waste? Absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. So why would we think we're going to spend $10 or $20 on a shirt, and if we get rid of it, it's now we're wasting it. We're not... You know. Mm. No. You had the experience of picking it out. That was part of the experience. You had the experience of bagging it up and bring you're so excited about this new shirt and you had the experience of hanging it up in your closet. Then you had the experience experience of looking at it for ten years and not using it. Right. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. you've you've basically gotten your money's worth out of that experience of Collecting that shirt, owning that shirt, and looking at that shirt. Yeah. So why can't mm-hmm. we just, you know, it's, it's a mindset. Like, we'll just change your mindset on the the physical stuff. It, it really comes down to we, we think differently about physical stuff than we do about experiences. And so if we can just make that little shift in, in our mind that, oh, me having that, acquiring that, the whole process of owning that thing was an experience that I paid for. I'm not wasting it. You know, then yes. it really, it really gives that's us so that good. freedom, right? That's so that's so good. Yeah,
0: um, that leads right into um, my next question of, about mental health. So, yeah. um, you know, we obviously know. I mean, and, and it's, it needs to be said because for some people, I think that there isn't a realization there about this reality. But a disorderly living leads to a disordered mental health a state of of the mind right um and on the other side right when when we create order within the home it does affect our mental health um why though is it hard so hard for some people to see that to see that reality and to start to make the changes that they need um, to make, do you feel like you can touch on that a yeah. little bit um, and, and just what that process has to look like? Where do we start to start moving beyond the negative habits that are creating mm-hmm. disordered living and moving towards a more ordered and, and, um, organized way of, of,
1: of doing life? Yeah. So sometimes people, why, why it's so hard for people to recognize it is because, um, the, sometimes they don't know any other way. Sometimes they're, they're I don't want to say so sick, but they're just, they're at this place where they can't, they're too close to their situation that they can't have a healthy outside perspective on it and to be very, like have some self-awareness and self-evaluation. Um, when we're in the trenches of depression, we we can only think about our depression. Right. We, we can't even think about the solutions for our depression. And so it really comes down to, you know, like you said, disordered living leads to a disordered mindset and and such. It really is, is both like the the state of our home is a state of our mind. And also the state of our mind is reflective in our home. So if you know one of them, we have to make a, a shift in at least one of those areas. If our mind is cluttered, then, and we want to change that, then just start with decluttering your space. And then your mind is going to follow suit. If your space is decluttered and you can't bring yourself to do that, then start decluttering your mind first. So you, in, in either in a mental capacity or a physical capacity, you gotta start somewhere. And so, mm. um, it, and I, it definitely, definitely has an impact. I, I had a, a a client, in-person client, that reached out to me after years and years of depression. I'm talking she lost a baby um, mm. shortly after he was born, and it spun her into a, a, a lifestyle of depression. And her home directly reflected the state of her mind. And so after years of living like that, I would say probably 12 or 14, 12, 14 years of living like that, she felt so much shame. And she got this to this level of desperation that she reached out to me and I, um, I helped her. And through that process of decluttering, she started changing it, her, her, her disposition started changing her demeanor, her, her outlook on life, her ability to even get out of bed. And so it, 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 it's amazing what your environment how the impact your environment has on you so if you yes. are if you are struggling mentally and you can only start making, you know, just making changes physically. Just keep going. Just keep trusting that these small changes that you're making physically are going to impact you. Ben, you know, it's going to have a beneficial impact on you. Um, let me also state: I, I just, I'm starting a, a podcast series on ADHD because that too is a, you know, a mental disorder um, in some way. It's a disorder of being able to focus. And I have a son who has struggled with focus. He, he he struggles so much. And if I would probably take him and he would probably be diagnosed with ADHD, but let me tell you, living a very minimalist lifestyle with very clear systems and routines and a schedule and having clear direction for him has benefited him immensely, immensely. Instead of feeling out of control and chaotic, he has clear expectations and and he knows exactly where things are going to are supposed to be. Does he always get them back to where they're where they need to be? No, but I have the clarity to be able to teach, to show him, hey, that's out of place. Let's put it back. So it's helping him and it's giving him the the, the strategies. So let all that be just encouraging that doing taking these physical tr- tactical approaches to your home is going to benefit your mental well-being
0: yeah absolutely and you know I love that you shared about your son because I think today um we we do have a situation of an incredible rise in ADHD like symptoms in children and adults um I think we all deep down know a lot of this comes from the scrolling and Mm -hmm. the social Mm -hmm. media exposure that we have on the daily for so many this is really unhealthy for developing minds for our young children um and Maybe what you maybe if you don't mind let's let's talk a little bit about for our children what those benefits are. I mean, you've already talked about this a little bit, but do you have any other um, pieces of advice or tips for parents who are seeing some of these traits of ADHD, lack of focus in their children or in themselves, but specifically with their children, um, some just some uh, habits, new habits they can create within the home, um, minimally whatever that looks like, to help support their
1: children um, in that journey. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this is a big topic. Um, Yeah. So... I, I In my son, who I first saw symptoms of ADHD, and I've only been able to recognize this because I was a public school teacher, and I interacted with kids who were ADHD, but then were also medicated ADHD, and I could see the difference in their behavior when they were medicated and unmedicated, and so that's how I've been able to recognize this in my own son, but it wasn't, it wasn't until the beginning of this year that I also, when I was coaching with that client who had depression that she pointed out to me that she thought my son also had OCD. Well, Mm. I thought OCD only only meant that they were super clean. They were super tidy. I mean, that's how we have, it kind of has that stigma of like, Oh, you're OCD. You're super anal. Well, my son is very impulsive and I never knew that OCD, uh, you know, was also impulsivity and Mm -hmm. he was obsessive. He would ask me the things over and over and over again. I'm like, why is he not just taking no for an answer? Or why is he not taking my simple answer for an answer? And so I also recognized that he was OCD. So... I'm not a big person on labels, um, but just knowing these things and knowing, okay, how can I set up the environment to support my son who is ADHD plus OCD instead of just doing whatever like standards the world has, you know? Um, so as far as habits and and strategies, I always want to to stress that you need to help yourself first. You need to put your life mask on before you can help anyone else. So if you yourself as a mom are feeling chaotic and you feel scatterbrained in this whole like mom brain thing, no, you're just living beyond your capacity. Okay. Um, If we're living within our capacity, we're living with just what we need to survive. We're going to be able to handle that. Um, So knowing like, cutting back your life and and downsizing the amount of stuff that you yourself are, are managing is putting on your life mask first. When, Mm. and we talked about, I talked about space. Remember earlier when I said to be able to start new habits, you have to, You know, make space in your brain, you have to make space in your home, you have to make space in your life to be able to enter something in, like to bring something more on. Yes, you Mm -hmm. by this process of putting your own life mask on first and getting the home down to what you're able to handle, you're then going to have the capacity to train new habits in your kid who might be ADHD or is ADHD. So don't think you can just add on or like, oh, I'm going to give you the answer of like, do this, this, and this without first taking the steps to create some space in your life to be able to even think about that. Um, that's where people fall flat: is they take on and they ta- they get excited, they get excited about the thought of doing all these new things without taking the the without pruning, you know. And, and this goes back to. <coughs> This goes back to, um, it's very scriptural of like pruning out what we don't need, getting it down to what is giving us life, what is life giving, and then we're able to bloom and able to produce good fruit. So I want to, before I give you any, or before I tell you any strategies, it's really to put your own life mask on first and to weed out your life and weed out your stuff in your home to, to get it down to your own capacity of what you're able to handle.
0: Yeah, that's so good that's so good i mean it's it really comes down to i think right that awareness acknowledgement that there are changes that are needing to be made um and then stepping forward um in faith to to make those things happen Mm -hmm. and sometimes it requires having someone else come alongside you Mm-hmm. to walk that with you Absolutely. and sometimes it requires reaching out to someone like yourself for that extra <laughs> um, support um, and I just love what you're doing Thank um, you. would you would you be able to share um, some of the most impactful, um, habits and practices that you yourself have experienced the benefits of? What, what is really, what are some of the things that the key things that have made a really big difference in your home?
1: Yes. Okay. So, I mean, I could talk about this forever, but (laughs) I'm sure. Oh my goodness. And, and it's when, when things become habit and they become automatic, you really don't realize that they're different than anybody else. You just feel like, Oh, this is just who I am now. And so sometimes you have to think back and like, okay, what do I do that does make an impact? Okay. So because I talk about this a lot on my, on my podcast, um, the, the, one of the things, and this is when I started putting habits into place. One of the things that has been impactful for me is having the habit of simply resetting is Mm. simply resetting the space. Now, I will say that resetting is a more advanced habit or a more advanced, like after you've decluttered, I have, I have this process. I take people f- through it's decluttering first, getting it down to what you're able to handle. Then it's creating these systems. Systems are processes. Systems are, okay, I want to, uh, you know, I have a morning system for my boys. I tell them three things, make your bed, um, put your clothes away and brush your teeth. Okay. So that would, that would be our morning system. And, um, so it's decluttering and then systemizing and then maintaining through our habits. So I would say, okay, I am more at an advanced level. I'm now maintaining through my daily habits. So I have a habit of resetting my space. My space is simple. My space is manageable. My space is, Um, just really easy. It's within my capacity to be able to simply reset. If people start resetting before they declutter and before they minimize, they're not going to be completely satisfied because they're just, there's going to be a lot to reset. There's going to be a lot to manage. And so simplifying your space first is the first step to being able to easily reset it. So something, one of the first resets that I ever put into practice and put in that became a habit for me is clearing my kitchen sink at night, not going to bed with dirty dishes. Yes, And like I said, I don't use my dishwasher anymore. And so it started out with me at the kitchen sink, washing dishes for 30 to 45 minutes at night. And I got tired of that. And all of this is the, all of this is a process. So it's, it's, it's testing And then it's changing. You're testing out your processes and your systems. And then you're slowly tweaking and making changes. So I tried it out. I tried out my reset, my dishwashing reset at night. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. So then I was like, okay, people are going to start washing their own dish. And so my, my kitchen reset at night is really, really, it's gotten even better and better as... You know, I've been going through this process. And so one of the first things that I ever did was reset my kitchen, reset my kitchen sink, and then it led into having clear counters. So that's my kitchen reset. Now I do have a freebie that I've turned this into an entire free free checklist for people. Um it's my daily reset, my daily reset checklist. And it led from, okay, I'm gonna reset my kitchen. Now, before I go to bed, we're also going to reset these other rooms. We're if we we're, if we're starting in the kitchen at night, eating dinner, we're gonna reset the kitchen. Okay, now we're gonna go into the living room and we're gonna hang out, we're gonna watch TV, I might read a book. Okay, now we need to reset that space before we go into the bathroom to brush our teeth. Okay, now we're in our bath in the bathroom, we're brushing teeth. Okay, let's reset the space before we leave it. Okay, that's my next reset, just putting things away. And then I'm tucking the kids in at bed at night and we quickly, I mean, if you do this daily, you're not like, taking a whole Saturday to clean your kid's room. You're just resetting every day. And so before I tuck the boys in at night, I'm like, okay, let's reset. And it literally takes like, I don't know, two, two minutes to reset whatever's out. And so Mm. that is just the practice of resetting, not leaving the room and just being mindless about, you know, just leaving behind your dish or whatever, but like, Resetting the space back to its original baseline.
0: That's so good. And I'm so I'm kind of picking up that you've replaced the word clean up with yes. reset. And yes. right. So instead of saying, guys, you need to clean up the living room, mm-hmm. we're doing, we're choosing a different, you're using a different word.
1: I love that you caught on to that. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. I yeah. like that. I actually coach my, my, my people, my, my students on that. I say, okay. And it's hard. It's sometimes, I love that you got that so quickly because they, they keep going back to clean. Let's clean. I'm like, no. Okay. Let's, let's define, let's define resetting and cleaning. And I, it's so crazy. I have a podcast. I just did an episode. I just did on that a couple of weeks ago, the difference between resetting and cleaning. So I define resetting as just putting things back where they belong to their baseline. And I define cleaning as grabbing a rag and grabbing a spray bottle or a broom or, you know, like the literal cleaning of the room. And so I don't use the word, hey, go clean your room. I say go reset your room or, you know, I go say reset your bedroom before we leave to go to school, go reset your bed, Um, go make your bed or something. I I don't use the word clean because when I say clean, I'm like, okay, um, Lucas, go clean the bathroom. And he knows that he's going to pull out the little cleaning basket. He's going to get out the spray bottle he's going to get out the rag. And I've taught him the process of actually cleaning the bathroom. So he's going to go through that. And so, yes, I I use those terms very strategically.
0: I love it. Oh, that's so good. We could probably (laughs) just keep going with this conversation. There's just so much to cover. I know. But I think that you shared so much to help our listeners be inspired today to leave this episode and to move forward into, I mean, I know I'm inspired. (laughs) I'm like going upstairs and tackling that big pile upstairs right now. (laughs) Um, I've had the flu for the last few days. You can hear it in my voice a little bit, but and I'm getting my energy back now. And so all of a sudden I feel like I can do the things. I can do do all the things things again. So I'm really inspired. I'm so grateful, Lisa, that you've joined. And um, I have a question that I ask guests once in a while. um, Just a fun little question. But if you had four hours all to yourself (laughs) and someone had already cleaned your house, which is really funny, um, but they'd already cleaned your house or you'd already cleaned the house, well, how would you spend that time?
1: Oh, my goodness. I, I only get to pick one thing. You know, <laughs> four, no, you have
0: four hours all to yourself. Hours. What are you
1: going to do? With, oh, my with goodness. Okay. So it just depends on my mood. So I, there's this antique store, and this could be a completely different topic because I, I, I shop with a wish list. I have a mental wish list or even a wish list on my phone. And so when I go out and shop for anything, I, I I know that I've already been thinking about that and pondering it and praying for the Lord to just provide it for me. So I there's this antique store, this huge, I mean, golly, it's so big. Um, it's almost like a warehouse, antique mall down the road. And I love wandering that antique mall. And I will say that it probably takes four hours <laughs> to literally just r- walk that entire mall. And I will come out of there with either nothing or the one thing that was on my wish life. I've I've gotten really really good about um being very mindful about what comes in our my house and y'all, I I declutter for people and I fill up my car with stuff and people are amazed that I don't take any of it home with me because I've gotten I have such a resolve on my lifestyle and being satisfied and the lifestyle I've created, it feels so good that I am not going back. And so um, I would have to say, if I have four hours to spend, I would probably just walk around that antique mall just by myself. I love old things. I love seeing things from my childhood and my mom's childhood. So if I wasn't in the mood to read a book, that would probably be the way I would spend my four hours.
0: Mm. You know, you use the word satisfied and it makes me think, that maybe you should come back again sometime and we'll talk about what it means to be deeply satisfied because that resonates with me yeah. that i think that's got to be that bigger that bigger goal mm-hmm. is to that we're working towards is being truly satisfied in first god and in what he's provided for us Absolutely. and given us at this time currently Absolutely. so That's a beautiful way to end the conversation. Where can people um, get in touch with
1: you, Lisa? Um, Where can they connect with you? Yeah. First of all, I have a podcast called The Habits in Home Show. So you can find me on your podcast apps. And I call my website my hub. So anything that you want to find, checklist, workbooks, my accountability group, coaching, you can find it all at habitsinhome.com. Okay. Awesome.
0: And you're, and you mentioned on Instagram. Yeah. I am,
1: but that is not where I would direct people because, um, it can just be cluttery. It can just be cluttery and overwhelming. And those are one of those, uh, things that just is not really life-giving. So, (laughs) (laughs) so it's one of those, uh, I choose I'm I'm there some, but not a lot. <laughs>
0: right. Okay. No, that's yeah. wonderful. Thank you again so much for joining me today, Lisa.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I have to tell you, I loved listening back to this conversation. I found it so encouraging and informative, and I really hope that you did too. This chat with Lisa made me think of Ecclesiastes 3. You might be familiar with it. and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Do you notice in verse six, a time to keep and a time to throw away? I think as humans, we're really good at making excuses. But here's the thing. If we know it's going to benefit us and our family in any, po- any positive way, we need to make the changes that we know we need to make. And I know it's not easy, but it's 100% possible and you can do it. I don't know what you're personally taking away from this conversation today, but I definitely have a conviction in my own heart that I need to listen to. If you're in the same boat, but you don't know where to start, Lisa's podcast is a really great resource, and maybe you'll even want to reach out to her directly for some extra coaching support. Next week, we're continuing this series called The Thriving Home, and we get even more practical about the things that we can do to achieve a clutter-free home. So I really hope that you join me, and thanks again for being here today. I'll see you back here again really soon.